0: Hey, Hoff, why don't you start the movie? Oh my gosh, it feels so good to be back. I know that I, and Hoff, obviously, because he's as as big a part of Obscure Chatter as I am, um, we took some time off, which we could not have fucking predicted how good it was that we took time off until, you know, the bitch that is life happened. Uh, but yeah, last time I saw you guys, I think I did a, I think, I know that I did a Christmas episode, but really quick, um, I know that we've gotten a lot of new followers in our absence, and also, um, so some people are always curious, so I think I'll always kind of remind people in the beginning from here on out. If you hear a beep, it is because I am muting the name of a movie, actor, or important a plot point for a character in a movie that I am currently watching. I am watching a movie to basically have it dictate the runtime of the episode. This movie's a little over an hour and 20 minutes long, and it's a personal favorite that I was honestly just being lazy about and waiting until it got on one of the streaming services that I've gotten. And I bought a couple of new ones and bought... uh, a couple new channels, or got a couple of channels back since the last time I talked to you guys. So this is finally one that I can watch, and that is It is what made me fall in love with its director, and basically the director as a person. Um, And Stephen is more or less okay with the fact that I'm very much in love with this director. (laughs) But it's beautiful and awkward and just underappreciated. Like
1: myself.
0: Um <laughs> but uh yeah the Christmas episode getting back into it uh the Christmas episode was a lot of fun and and I did not I could not have foreseen that January and February were going to be such weird times for us as people, as citizens of the United States, and citizens of the state of Texas. Uh, I mean, where do you start? I've missed you guys a lot. And oh my gosh, I'm going to answer a lot of questions. I did not list all the questions that I got. Some were very similar to other ones that I got. And others just... um, weren't really ones that I couldn't answer without a lot of research on subjects that I'm unfamiliar with. So I didn't want to come off as some kind of expert in something that I definitely Googled in order to see what the hell you were talking about. But I respect it and appreciate it nonetheless. Moving forward, I always want people to ask questions um, through our Twitter, which is Obscure Chatter, or my personal Twitter, which is T-Dotally, t e e d o t a. -A 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 L-L-Y, or perpetually offbeat at Gmail. Uh, You have those options. Uh, All of these come from Twitter. Uh, The ones that we got through email were uh, also great and definitely took advantage of the please, I want to remain anonymous function, so hey. But uh, we'll start with those and definitely kind of catch up uh, because if you're listening to this, I'm pretty sure you're aware I'm a talker. Which is good for someone, you know, that is recording this. And here we go. Let's see. Ba-ba-da-ba. Again, thank you so much for all these questions. Uh, all right. So the first one definitely is a great lead in, which is uh, it's from Nicole. What's up, Nicole? Nicole. And she uh, says, so much has happened since the last episode. And firstly, I'd like to ask, are you doing okay since a snowstorm in your area? Second question, have you been watching any lighthearted shows, anime, sitcom, cartoons, or movies that you would recommend? Uh, luckily, the the movie I'm watching isn't very lighthearted. It's very satirical and dry, which are two things Stephen fucking hates. Like, you really want Stephen to leave a room? Put on something like The Office (laughs) or, you know, something that's, like, made for the awkward person. Um, But anyways, uh, okay, yeah, since uh, the—we'll get to the first part first. Uh, Since the last episode, uh, obviously the— Capital Riot happened, which I was recording when that happened. And there was definitely a point in the day where uh, I was at Okratron and all of us kind of stopped and were like, should we go home? Like, uh, you know, we just weren't sure what was going to happen at the time. Um, And then the biggest one, which I'll try to be brief, and I warn you ahead of time, it's not great, Uh, was Inauguration Day. Um, The morning of uh, President Biden's inauguration, uh, Stephen had been informed that uh, his mother had stopped eating. And so, for those of you who don't remember, Judy, who, uh, you know, is Stephen's mom, fantastic woman she has alzheimers and uh we finally found a place that could take care of her and knew how to take care of her and didn't treat her like shit um which you would have thought would be an easier thing to find but it took a lot of trial and error and a lot of literal blood, sweat, and tears. There was a point where Judy actually broke someone's fucking nose. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not making that up as a joke or anything. But um, Stephen's dad was concerned. And so uh, Stephen moved around his day. The only person he was recording that day for work was me. So it's like, yeah, we can always move that around. You know, we'll just figure out what's going on. And... Uh... We just couldn't have foreseen that when we got there, within the hour of getting there, Judy left us. Uh, She was asleep when we arrived, and the nurses were very gingerly about it. Uh, Or, I don't know if they're technically nurses. Like, they kept saying Judy's nurse was coming, and she was very, very nice. Um, But, um... She was just breathing really heavy and uh, not to get too hippy dippy, but I just couldn't feel that Judy essence. And uh, we were all kind of immediately taken aback, you know, even if you're prepared for it, prepared for someone to pass uh, actually seeing it and the reality of it is just something so incredibly different. Um, Ed, Stephen's dad, Judy's husband, uh always uh, him and Judy in her better moments uh, constantly talked about how they were always prepared and they had everything, you know, set. And we, you know, all we had to do was call a couple of people and insurance people and they got the ball rolling. But I felt so cold the way that we went about it. But I think we were all somewhat numb to it. And the weirdest thing is, I kind of fell into I've done this before. Uh, I did. I actually took care of my dad's um, arrangements. I was nineteen, uh, so legally an adult. So they're like, "You got this, right?" <laughs> no, cool. Let me just bottle that up. And even a therapist at one point is like, "Good lord!" Like, yeah. <laughs> So, um, it's a lot, but I was thankful in that moment that I'd been through it enough that uh, there were questions with it being so overwhelming uh for Ed and Stephen, and um even worse is David, Stephen's older brother, is still in China. He was only supposed to be in China for a couple of months, um at the end of 2019 into early 2020, and he is still there. His architecture firm's been very, very accommodating, but we don't know when David will come back. So actually having to inform David of what happened was just made all the worse because we knew that David was going to take it very hard that he couldn't be there. He couldn't have been there, and he wasn't going to be there for the funeral and yeah we we sat there for a while um and we thanked people uh by the way yes in case you were wondering uh everybody was masked up everybody kept their distance um we'll say for the people that constantly just want to disregard masking and social distancing and just respecting other people enough to wear a mask for them and to say, hey, I really hope you don't die. This is why I'm wearing a mask. Even if I'm completely 100% healthy, I want you to know that I respect you just as a fellow human being. But because of the COVID backup, uh, the nurse informed us that it would be quite some time. Until they were able to pick up Judy and take her to the funeral home that we'd arranged. Uh, It took them about four hours to come pick her up. But the nurse was with her the entire time. And we we were like, should we stay? And the nurse was like, if you feel you need to stay, da-da-da. But regardless of whether or not you're staying, I'm staying. And... Yeah, she just went in her sleep. I don't know how, because I offered to drive home, but I think it was important for Stephen to kind of have some control at that point. Um, Drove home. Can't really remember the drive. And on the the way home, I, you know, I was like, do you want me to kind of back off or... Uh, is it okay if I talk to you? And Stephen very much was like, please talk to me. And he uh, was pretty lighthearted about it. Again, it's that thing like, a, oh, I knew this was coming, but there's just something so different about when it's actually here. Um, I asked, because Judy... I never really got to meet the very, like, moving around, you know, driving her own car, having her own life, Judy. By the time that I'd entered Stephen's life in 2006, um, uh, Judy couldn't drive anymore, uh, and she was very dependent on Ed, and obviously it progressed and got worse over time. Uh it's a horrible disease to watch a loved one go through and in her more cognizant moments it it was hard for her because she knew what was happening. Uh but I asked Stephen, What was a favorite meal of yours that your mom made? <laughs> and it's like chicken fried steak with mashed potatoes and peach cobbler. So, um that's what we had for dinner. With this amazing cornbread. And like, oh, did you guys make it? No, there's no way. Uh, It just kind of worked out. Where we had a great delivery driver and a great service from, honestly, of all places, a Cotton Patch Cafe. And, you know, we just ate the meal and remembered Judy. And we talked about things. And, uh... I was actually in the, I was very close to finishing a show with Stephen, which we'll talk about. And there was like a, should, uh, should we cancel the rest of the week? And, you know, I was, I was like, well, I'll, I'll defer to you, whatever you want to do, man. And Steven's was like, I want to work. And the next day, like we both came in and, uh, <laughs> A co-worker was like, what the fuck are y'all doing here? <laughs> like, go home. Get plastered. Like, I'm like, no, we want to stay busy. And, you know, we started finalizing stuff for the funeral, which it's like, do I want? Uh, like, I've said no to funerals before. And, uh, since the COVID pandemic, including my own grandmother's. Um who died specifically from COVID, but I just, I, uh, we both knew that we kind of had to suck it up. And when the time came a couple of days later, we were able to finish the show before we went, uh, to, uh, South Texas, is it South Texas or East Texas or West Texas? Stephen, I forget. Southwest. Um, and, uh, the drive there was insane. Because the further south we got, the less masks we saw. Um, and we we drove Ed down to, and I I rented this uh, little historical building that was converted into like an Airbnb host thing. And uh, Ed kind of lost himself because he grew up in this area. It was like wow, uh, like this used to be a restaurant and I remember coming here as a kid. And, and so he was able to kind of get lost in that. Um, and the hosts were really cool. It was like a full house. Um, we brought Willow with us, which was a, uh, a disaster because Willow, uh, hates all living creatures that are not her mom and her dad. Uh, luckily for us, her mom and her dad. <laughs> and, um, Yeah, she was miserable on the drive there, miserable on the ride back. But she loved Ed. Uh, And, yeah, the actual funeral. There were moments that were like, okay, like, we were able to stream. Isn't that so weird? We were able to stream with David. And he was able to talk to relatives and all that. Um, And we there was a moment where I'm a people watcher just as an actor and a writer. I I love to people watch and write down like funny little things that they say, but there was a moment where nobody was talking to me and it was so Texan y'all where this woman's like, Oh, that's cousin. I'll change her name. Uh, that's cousin Bethany. She got herself a boob job. And then then another woman's like, wow, you wouldn't be able to tell. Like, I can't believe she showed up. Like, I know. It's just so, oh. You know, it's nice that she showed up. And like, it is nice. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, You know, meanwhile, I'm watching Steven, like, Take his phone from person to person so they could say hi to David. And uh, people kept trying to shake my hand and give me a hug. And, you know, because for some people, I'd never really met Stephen's relatives. Um, <laughs> uh, so it was interesting to say the least. He's got some really nice relatives and then some very, like, uh, oh, this is why I've never met this person before relatives. <laughs> uh, but the, the weirdest part was, um, the actual burial. Was like, you know, we sat for the service, and I'm, uh, I'm not a Christian, but it was a very nice, uh, respectable Christian service for Judy. Um, you know, the guy wasn't just very much, uh, like, wasn't just kind of, I don't know, it's really hard to say it without sounding disrespectful. I've got, relatives and friends of the faith that very much personify what I consider to be a good Christian. I was raised Catholic. Uh, I've seen good Catholics out there. For me, I am an agnostic, and I respect other people as long as they respect that. My beliefs just don't really surround uh, a particular religion. Um, and, you know, if I go ahead and quote me right now, but if you go to my funeral... And someone starts talking about God. Can someone like pull the guy aside and be like, "Hey, can you just kind of talk about who she was and how she'll be missed, and uh, the numerous amounts of people that were secretly in love with her over the years, and be sure to mention Keanu Reeves and Colin Morgan, you know, all that, and but be respectful of Stephen, you know, if Stephen's alive at this point. Just you know, da 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 da. But like, uh, just kind of downplay the God stuff if if you could, uh, just for Terry. And if there is a if there is a God, um. She'll definitely have an interesting conversation with them. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, there was a point where, you know, like the service ended and we were waiting. Uh, We decided to just watch Judy go into the earth. And it took some time. And at one point, you know, they had these pallbearers or whatever, bears, whatever, um, that had put the coffin down. And it wasn't until everybody left that the guys, you know, literally with the crane putting everything down, realized that they put the coffin the wrong way. So what took six guys now had to depend on three or four. Um, so it was like, oh, God, this feels very, oh, I don't know what's happening, but it was all fine. Uh, but there's a point where we're just kind of watching this thing because it had rained previously and the soil had soaked up really weird. And the crane was sinking into the earth where they were going to have to do a repair on the lot, which is like the Hoff family lot, which, you know, the Dodies have a lot. Uh, the Gaitans, which is my mother's family, they have a lot. Um but it's, uh, Stephen's parents have talked about it for years where they're like, hey, don't worry, you and Stephen have a lot and David and Karen have a lot, uh, you know, have lots on the Hoff family thing. And I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to be buried in Southwest Texas, like at all. Um, I'm very much about that cremation life, which I guess they could still work out. My, my father was cremated and they still laid him to rest on the Doty family lot. Um uh the funeral director was a really nice guy uh for some reason we just kind of like stood next to each other both masked and uh he's kind of like you know uh it's really interesting because the you know the Hoffs are uh kind of a well-known family around here uh blah 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 so it's interesting to actually see some of these people I'm like okay like It's a really weird, literal, like, gallows humor to me, like, for you to just be like, oh, wow, (laughs) like, a founder of, like, the town or something. I guess the Hoffs were that important to the area. Um, So what do you do? Like, oh, we're doing, we're doing, like, chatting. Literal chatting. Okay, uh I'm uh I do voiceover. I like, said, Oh, that must be fascinating. Interesting. Da 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 da. Um he's like, you get to meet all sorts of people in my line of work. I'm like, Well, yeah, I <laughs> I would imagine you do. Uh so there was just a point where we're just kind of we ended up just kind of like shooting the shit. And at one point he's like, so he saw the the two plots which are reserved for steven and myself and he's like that's where you're gonna be one day and he pointed right at the exact plot where you know my (laughs) my in-laws from forever ago decided their son's wife is going to be buried and he went in that crazy it's all about real estate and just kept pointing at it and i'm like oh my god (laughs) uh i mean yeah i get it sure we uh We finished as much as we could, watched some of the earth go through, and that's when we decided to go back. It was tense. There were moments where emotions are running high. The five stages of grief are very much a thing, but they don't happen necessarily in the the time frame that you would think that they do some are very very delayed and yeah, there were some difficult moments uh after we got home on the way back to you know the Dallas Fort Worth area where we live and uh, there are still moments um, Ed is dealing with it the best way he can we try our best try our best to take up you know, to catch up with him. And we're trying to do better about having meals with him. And he's definitely, I'll tell you something, really. My father passed away uh, this year. It'll be 17 years ago, something like that, 17 or 18 years ago. Oh, my gosh, you'd think I would remember that. And, ah. Uh, There are still moments where I confuse tenses, still to this day. Uh, And, you know, past and present. And uh, for Ed, uh, he's going to obviously have trouble with the we and I statements. I mean, they were together for 55 years. Uh, It was his best friend. And Judy accepted him uh, when Ed came out. Uh, they stayed married because of the commitment that they made to each other. And I mean, that kind of love is it's powerful. It's very, very powerful. Uh, and I don't think he's a very quiet man. I don't think he wanted us to see just how hard it was for him. So there was just a point when we dropped him off. We thought we were going to be staying for a while. And he's like, well, thanks, and just kind of went inside. And I I got it. And Stephen and I do our best to keep an open dialogue about it. But there are moments definitely where you forget that not much time has passed. And in a lot of ways, it feels like no time has passed. And then other times it feels like it happened so long ago because, you know, we did that thing when Biden was elected (laughs) and, you know, he won uh, before he was sworn in. And before all this happened, Uh, like 2021, I don't know who actually says this, but I said, you know, 2021, there's there's a ray of hope because 2020 was such a garbage fire. And 2021, very soon after it it started, was very much like, can you hold this? It's a brewery, not my beer. Hold this fucking brewery. Uh, and yeah, between that and the Texas winter storm disaster, that it is still affecting, some people still do not have power. Some people still do not have clean or running water. Uh, for us, we only lost power briefly, but there were friends that, you know, didn't have power or internet, uh, for days. Some people lost out on gigs. I couldn't audition for some stuff for a little bit, but then when my power did come on, it felt weird about auditioning when blah, blah, blah. Like, or a a big thing was a friend of mine had a really nice, cushy gig lined up. But the deadline was so tight that the second they're like, hey, uh, can you do this? He was like, I I literally don't have the internet right now. And remote sessions are a really big savior for the voiceover industry. Like, I can't, but um, I could, pr- if you give me a couple of days, and they're like, we need to do this in the next couple of days. They had to recast him. Uh, it happened in, uh Similar incident happened to a girlfriend of mine. And it's just, you know, you wish that everybody were super understanding, but deadlines don't care. And we, (sighs) Stephen had to deal with, (laughs) you know, having to deal with deadlines on stuff and uh, people constantly messaging him and being like, hey, someone needs to tell them that they need (laughs) to give Stephen a couple of days and it's like, oh, why? <laughs> and it's like, because my mom passed away and I'm very fragile right now. So I can probably work with you on this, but you need to watch how you talk to me and just kind of treat me like someone who's been through some heavy shit, which should be kind of like a go-to thing for everybody right now. I don't think like whenever like I get online on the line with somebody through Source Connect or TeamViewer or anything, uh, it's... It always feels weird when, like, you ask, how are you? And they're like, oh, I'm doing great. And like, you're doing great? Like, with everything going on, great is, wow. Please tell me about that. Because I want to live vicariously through you. Um, but we got through it, and we're getting through it. But the winter storm was an odd thing. Lots of snow. Um, people without power were informed to go to warming centers and blah, 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 which is just such a crazy thing because we're still in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Nobody who's social distancing. And I live in Texas where the governor very much decided that everything needs to open and he wants to basically just keep on keeping on because he got his vaccine. I haven't. Stephen hasn't. I haven't really left the house for anything other than zero contact sessions. And uh, I think a couple of trips to the liquor store. Like the fact that the liquor store was a lot more accommodating to masks than, you know, a warming center in the middle of a giant power outage. It's fun. It's fun. Let's go with fun. But, yeah, Nicole, I'm sure you weren't expecting that, but thank you for that. And then the second part, uh, talking about any lighthearted shows, anime, sitcom, cartoon. (sighs) Lighthearted, I guess, is all a matter of perspective, but I've been really enjoying watching Picard and Star Trek Discovery uh, my dad was a big next-gen fan and very much did not care that I wasn't as a child. So I just he just made me watch it until I loved it, and I fell in love with that. I also watched Voyager, um, which was weird because all my dad talked about was how hot Seven of Nine was. So watching Picard, I'm like, oh, Jerry Ryan's in this episode. Steven's like, who's that? I'm like, it's Seven of Nine. I know so much about that woman. It's not even funny. Like my dad was, when he passed away, there was a new. There were numerous discussions of what do I do with these commemorative plates, and I actually kept them, but a house fire destroyed all of them. Destroyed commemorative plates and collectors box set VHSs, all of uh, the entire series of Star Trek: Next Generation. So watching Picard, uh, especially, there are moments where something's happened in a scene, and it's like, oh. it, it reminds me why I started Obscure Shatter, uh, just to be able to talk about media in that way, and that's very much like WandaVision, which, if you follow me on Twitter, you very much got to know that I loved WandaVision, but it, um, uh, Media is a coping mechanism. Nostalgia is a coping mechanism a good chunk of the time, and that definitely helped. Uh, Let's see. Movies. (sighs) Yeah, I've been watching a lot of random... Okay. (laughs) It's a weird... I can't believe I loved it, but I watched a lot of Chevy Chase growing up before I knew as an actor that he was kind of difficult to work with and all that, but... uh, Vacation with Ed Helms from 2015, I I loved it. (laughs) It was so random. I I don't know what I was expecting, but it was fucking hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Lots of random cameos, including uh, Hemsworth, uh, Norman Reedus. Um, (laughs) I loved it. It was so funny. Uh, An anime? Hmm. I don't know if anything would be considered lighthearted, but, uh, yeah, watch stuff. Um watching, oh gosh, Wonder Egg Priority, but that is not lighthearted, but it is beautiful. Um, let's see, what else, I think that's it for now. Okay, so thank you for your question. Uh, this is from Rick Cole. Based on our conversation about Train to Busan... What are, in your opinion, the best and the worst Western Western remakes of Asian films you've seen and why? Uh, yes, I, I talked about this before, but um, live-action dubbing? I've done, I'd say, at least 20 live-action films. And I can't—sometimes they don't even tell me what film I'm doing. Um, but the two, like, big ones for my horror geek heart that will always stick out are— Are the two Train to Busan films? There's Train to Busan and then uh, Train to Busan Presents Peninsula. I was able to uh, voice act in both of the English tracks. Uh, I think a lot of the time people don't understand that distributors really won't take a foreign film unless it's got an English option, even if everyone's like, They've got this idea. It's some people that also haven't watched anime in a while, and they still think anime is about this very fast-talky... Ah, 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 which there are still those shows, but dubbing has improved, even in live actions as well. Uh, but um, Rick and I were talking about that, because uh, talking about Train to Busan, because uh, it's going to get a remake, and I actually saw in one of the, the responses to, oh, gosh, I forget who exactly uh, posted this. And they're like, instead of um, remaking it, why don't you just make the dub more available? People ask me all the time where the dubs for the live actions that I do are. I'm like, I know that they're on the physical releases. Uh, please be sure to message distributors if you really want to see the dubs. But I, I agree. Um, Most live-action dubs don't take some of the creative licenses that other dubbing ADR entities like anime do, where we've got a a lot more freedom with flappage and mouth flaps and just smoothing out the story where, when it's live-action, lips aren't as forgiving. Lips aren't as forgiving. Quote me on that. But, okay, so the best one that I can think of... Is oh, I thought about this when you sent it to me, ooh, Seven Samurai from the nineteen fifties It's classic, and maybe that's the the film student in me, but it's just something that stuck out with me, and it actually took me several years to realize that it that the Magnificent Seven from the sixties was a remake of that uh I think it stands up. Um, I watched a lot of Westerns growing up, so maybe that has something to do with it. I haven't seen it in a while, but so Seven Samurai versus The Magnificent Seven is best and worst. And it could be sometimes it's just obviously, and obviously in my opinion, but sometimes it's about the way you experience a film. Uh, not Asian related, but, uh, like I love one of my, one of my favorite horror movies of all time is let the right one in. I have the book. I've skimmed the book, but the movie is fucking gorgeous. Um, Swedish vampires, let's go. And so they remade it with uh, the girl from kick-ass Chloe, something called let me in. And I saw it. I saw Let the Right One In with my best friend, and I saw the remake with my best friend. And we both just hate-watched it. Mm. Mm. Oh, it just it had no heart. It's like, uh, we just did the same stuff again, but in a less creative way. What did you think? Uh, like, I hated it. But for as far as Asian films, what I think of, uh, I remember watching Shall We Dance from the late 90s, and there's just an innocence, and I love the foreignness to it because it just made me see the world in a different way. I watched it in film class and then immediately went out that weekend and bought it um, on disc. It was just a beautiful film about this, you know, business guy that can't bond with people and starts seeking ballroom dance. And so they decided to remake that with Richard Gere in 2004. And I I hated it. Again, it's if you're going to remake something, you have to ask yourself why are we remaking this? And where is the heart? If nobody watching it is in love with the story, it shows. Fans aren't stupid. Um so yeah, I don't know if that really tells you why, but that's what I'm going with. Thank you, Rick. Let's see. <coughs> Oh, this is from Marcus. Uh, In regards to what you and many have had to endure in Texas recently or lately, where would be other places you would like to live, whether for business or personal reasons? (sighs) Now, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, and my brother is from California, but both of our parents are from Texas, and (laughs) gotta love that military brat life. But, uh, to this day, I've lived in Texas most of my life. People still ask where I'm from. And I'm like, well, I was born in Pennsylvania. They're like, that's it. Like, really? Pennsylvania made that much of an impression on me? But I mean, I, I guess it did. Uh, and, um, I tend to favor the North more um, sometimes when Steven and I are out they're like, where are y'all from? And I'm like, Steven's from here. <laughs> but I guess we just have this like air of otherness that just kind of translates to I'm not from here sometimes. And uh, when I took him to New York for his 40th birthday, he was like, oh, I get it. Oh, I like this. Like, Would you be willing to give up having a lot of the luxuries we have with uh, cheap housing here in Texas to be here? He's like, I don't know about that, but yeah, I get it. Uh, I enjoy L.A., and I totally understand that the opportunities are just more vast in L.A. for those of us that are in the entertainment industry, Uh, both in front of the mic, behind the mic, in front of the mic, outside the booth, and in front of the camera, and behind the camera. Uh, but I don't know. There's something kind of cool about being in Texas. Uh, a lot of people don't think of Texas as a powerhouse for entertainment, but we're sneaky that we We're technically, like, we're really four states in one. Um, I enjoy living here, but There have been many times lately where I've debated if the cheaper housing and a little more just countryness is worth it. I don't enjoy living in a red state. That's very hard. Uh, And uh, the governor has very much made me question a lot of stuff just in the past couple of weeks. But then there are trailblazers like, you know, Beto, I love Beto O'Rourke, that make it be like, no, because if I leave and all the badass people that enjoy this state leave, they win. So why not fight? I mean, Beto made the fucking state a little more purple. That's not nothing. And my county barely became blue. barely like by like six hundred votes became blue um after Biden and uh and Biden is not without is not without his problems. There's already a bunch of stuff that I'm like, oh that's why during the big Democratic thing I definitely voted for Elizabeth Warren. Um but yeah I I enjoy New York. Um I also really Really, really enjoy Maine. I love Maine. I've camped in Maine with friends, and the friends that have camped with me, they're like, oh, that's so cute that she's saying camping when she definitely stayed in a house next to the lake while the rest of us stayed in a tent. Um, There's just a vibe that I enjoy, you know, and I got a lot of, there are a lot of phenomenal people there. I... I was hanging out with my my old drama teacher once and I was telling her how much I love Maine and she like lo- she like pulled back a little bit and looked at me and she went I like that for you. I like you retiring in Maine. I like that for you. And uh, I've taken Stephen a couple of times. He likes it too. Uh I like New England. Um which shocks me. Uh I miss being able to travel out of the country. I do not miss air travel though. So, I don't know. We, we've we talked, uh, and there have been opportunities. There was uh, a really big opportunity for me, me to move to San Diego. And uh, I almost took it. What stopped me was that I would very much be living in an efficiency. And there's just a point in your life where you have to kind of be like, am I willing to wipe away the board and start again. And for the opportunity that it was, job-wise on paper and the actual job would have been worth it. It was still going to be in this industry. Uh, but I would have had to have left Stephen for at least a year and done the bi-coastal thing. And he would have had to quit his job eventually. <laughs> in order to be with me, uh and he loves his job, so just between that, that, and really moving and of course, there was a guilt trip thing when uh my mother and I were were speaking. We are estranged now, fun stuff uh that, like I was like, I got this opportunity to go to San Diego for this, and <laughs> the first thing was, well, what about me?" <laughs> Well, you you live pretty far from me now. Uh-huh. And you're just going to leave the state, huh? Like, wow. <laughs> and that kind of happened Stephen like uh was just casually like pie in the sky talking to his dad about it and with everything his dad is like, "Please don't go." Like if you go would you hate it if i went with you like oh and so we we've, we've talked about it and like i wouldn't make a big move right now um and uh so just enjoy and i love my neighborhood i love where i live um some people definitely had trump signs that got taken down really fucking quick after the election uh which was fun and i don't know what this voice is but <laughs> And then others definitely kept it up longer than they should have, you know, to, like, prove something. But, you know, I know my neighbors' names, more or less, and some of the kids still think I'm a vampire, which is cool. I mean, I'd be stupid to give that up so easily. But, yeah, I love Maine. And I've definitely considered buying land in Maine and just having, like, an... Like a little little bit of land. No one in Maine talks like this unless they are from England. Not the new one. Um, and there we go. But yeah, I love Maine. Thank you, Marcus. This is from Jamstar 529. Uh on Twitter. I wish I knew your real name. Maybe your real name is Jamstar 529. And I'm just a jerk, and I apologize. Given the recent cast announcement, what aspects of your life experience have helped you prepare for Wave Listen to Me? I'm inclined to think it's podcasting. Well, you would think. First of all, oh my fucking God, I'm so glad that I can fucking talk about Wave Listen to Me. Oh, I had started recording it um, weeks in, uh, like a couple of weeks before the Christmas episode and oh my fucking god I was losing my mind not being able to goddamn talk about that uh first of all I tend to talk really fast so there's that to the point where whenever I'm doing something they're like slow down slow down Monica and I are both that same way like we'll both do something I mean like okay let me talk like a human is supposed to talk let me slow that down uh, Minari Koda is a character that is bitching about her ex-boyfriend at a bar and happens to be getting recorded by the guy next to her who is a radio producer. And he plays it the next—he plays her rant the next day. And then she gets a job as a radio host. You know, classic story. Um, the radio dork in me—like, I always talk about film school, but I do not talk about the reason that I have a degree in radio television film— is initially because one, my mother asked that I don't get a, uh, a degree in theater to get me, for me to get a degree in something useful, uh, the actor said. Um, so I decided radio, television, film was a lot more stable. <laughs> Sorry. And um, I really wanted to focus on radio. I wanted to be a radio producer that hosted my own show. So there's that. And that is very much what led to that anime show with Tatum. Um, and I had met Tatum through my internship, finishing out my degree in radio, television, film. Uh, so that anime show. And now this one, which is a lot more what I was expecting to do whenever I got my own radio show, which was just chat and really engage with my listeners, you guys. Uh, so Minare Kota and I have that in common. Uh, we're both, her boyfriend, uh, that steals a hundred, uh, 500,000 yen from her has a very similar name and a very similar look to the boyfriend, uh, the guy I dated before Steven, which is not really fair to him. (laughs) Uh, you know, like we just didn't work out. And I've definitely, thanks to therapy, talked about this numerous times. Uh, I've talked about only the negative stuff but really we should have just broken up a lot sooner than we did and just a lot less chaos should have happened but uh he reminded me a lot of uh just the the crappier aspects of just being in a relationship in your early 20s when you're kind of falling into a relationship and you fall into a routine and sometimes that's good sometimes it's bad uh, but uh there let's see other similarities um There's a point where Minare tells a story about her dog named Elvis. I had a dog named Elvis. There is another point in the series where she's talking to her dad about toying with the idea of changing her name. Her name is Minare and asks her dad how he came up with the name. And what he reveals is, is that the Mi, the Na, and the Re come from three different women that he was sleeping with before she was born. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, no, I was juggling three women on the side, and uh, don't worry, I ended it with him. Like, a, like after you were born, and it's like, a, oh my god. But uh, my middle name is an ex, my dad's ex girlfriend's name. My mom did not know this until uh, a couple years after I was born. Uh, my my middle name family called me TJ a lot, and so sometimes when I hear the name TJ, I kind of freeze up because I'm like, oh, this is probably someone that very much considers me the black sheep of the family. Um, my middle name is Jeannette. It's spelled Jeanette, but everyone pronounces it Jeannette. My mom was telling somebody apparently how much she loved the name and that LD, my dad, uh, my brother's name is also LD, uh, because both of their names are Leslie. <laughs> so they both go by both. Oh, see, I just did it. I just said present tense for my dad. Um, LD. And said, yeah, uh, LD came up with uh, Genet," And he went, yeah, I dated a girl that had that name. And it just kind of stuck with me. And uh, it's amazing that he was not murdered on the spot from... From what they both told me. <laughs> like my dad later on, he's like, I just like the name. It's a pretty name. So there you go. I don't know if I've ever said my middle name before, uh, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> so there's that in common. Steven, I forget. There is something else. I never had a turtle. Um, I'm very much, I would very much marry Tia Ballard if I could in another world. Oh, um, my, Stephen just reminded me, uh, before I got a smartphone, um, I had numerous incarnations of the flip phone and they were always red. Uh, which Minari has a red flip phone, and at one point, her roommate, which is voiced by Tia Ballard Mizuho, was like, why don't you have a smartphone? I'm like, I don't know. It's retro, and I love it. (laughs) Um, I called my red phone the bat phone. Uh, Yeah, and she just, she talks really fast. She cusses a lot. Uh, There were a fair amount of of rewrites in the booth that catered to the way all of us spoke. Um, all of us kind of put our own spin on our characters, and Stephen very much took us out of anime reads. And I saw that Rigo... Uh, pardon me, I just butchered her name. Riho Sugiyama, who voices Minare in the Japanese, um had done an, uh, an interview where she noted that it was hard for her to get work in anime because, uh, she didn't have what people kind of viewed as the stereotypical, like, go-to anime voice. And I actually get that all the time. I know. I've worked in anime since 2008. And sometimes, uh, it's very rare that I'll get feedback from auditions, uh, but sometimes, even as recently as a couple of weeks ago, someone was like, I'm just not hearing the anime. And, uh, it just doesn't, it, it used to happen more when I was, uh, a little greener than it does now. I feel like a lot of people are kind of getting out of that anime read, uh, or what we consider an anime read. and. I mean, Stephen had me audition like everybody else for Wave Listen to Me. For those of you who don't know, Stephen directed Wave Listen to Me. Um, it was initially supposed to go to somebody else. I had told him about this show that I'd heard about and that felt very Terry. And I said that I, I'm like I would just kill to get an audition on that. And so when he got it, there was the option to just go ahead and cast it uh and i said that i had my reservations about that because um i was like well i really want to do it he's like i i think that you would be right for her and i have a couple of other people in mind too so rather than just assume that you're right for it let's do auditions for it and uh, you know we've we've i've gone up for stuff where my husband's uh auditioned and not gotten it and He didn't have to sleep in another room, and, you know, I didn't yell at him for ruining my life. It's just, rejection is such a big part of this job, and most of the time, whenever I don't get a role that I really loved, I understand why so-and-so got it. They didn't take it away from me. They just gave, you know, part of themselves into the role that only they could do. And it just happened to work out. But there was, I think, Stephen told me later, there were two other people that he was considering. And it just worked out that, like, for the flair and the way that she was written, that he felt that I was right for the role. And, you know, he cast Ian Sinclair and Tia Ballard and Kent Williams all for the same reasons. And Sabbath I mean, he's the producer of the Ocrutron Projects and he owns Okotron Five Thousand, so Stephen definitely was very meta in a lot of his casting, because uh, Sabbat voices Mato, who is the radio producer slash director, uh, and everybody was directed to be very real and get and not go to. I guess, this go-to anime read. And I I say that, like, begrudgingly because I've gotten to work on some great stuff just in the past couple of weeks, couple of months. Like, I got to be in Clifford Chapin's show uh, that time I was reincarnated as a slime. I probably butchered that name Uh, as a character that I don't get to voice very often, but she's an adorable, like, just spunky little uh, chick that uh, can turn into a tiger and drink a lot of uh, apple... Cider with, you know, Elizabeth Maxwell, living the dream. Um, but nobody's ever like, okay, give me that anime read. But sometimes, some people, and it's not even directly at Funimation or blah, blah, blah. There are other people, it's like, I. <sighs> what I was expecting from that read was just something a little more like this. I'm like, okay, do you want me to give you that? And like, oh, I don't want to give you a read. Just kind of put this in mind. And I tend to take my reads until I'm directed to a very real place. Um, And I think so many other people do. And I've, I've had a couple of people just say, I think that at the end of the day, it just comes down to the fact that I did not grow up watching anime the way some other performers did. But we're all different, and we can all get... Manipulate it into the reads that you want, so that's a good thing, but yeah, I, I kind of definitely remembered that from Riho and uh, listening to her in the booth. I didn't try to replicate like her reads so much that I didn't make it my own, but I definitely spoke about her like she was there. I uh, talked, I called her my homegirl or uh, my girl. I'm like, can you uh, can we hear what my girl did again? Um because Minare is such a difficult, very unlikable character at times. And sometimes there was a little bit of, like, reflection, because she, she treats, like, a guy that, you know, is really into her, like, complete crap. There would be points where Stephen's like, you're so mean to him. <laughs> I know, but I get it because I've done this. And Stephen's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Being in a relationship's fun. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah. <gasps> There's, there, there are a few similarities between me and Minate Coda, most of which I'm uncomfortable with admitting to. Let's see. Thank you for that jam, Star Five Twenty Nine. This is from Benjamin Oscar. Have you watched the Leprechaun horror series during this month? If so, any favorite moments, uh, moments or films? I I watched a lot of horror films growing up. Um, and they definitely influence. I I was a lot more sneaky about it as a kid than I am now. For some reason, I I thought people wouldn't get it because the girls, when I was a kid, like, the girls were really about, like, Little Mermaid and all that stuff. And, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, uh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, the kids in my neighborhood, like, the kids in my family, like, we didn't, like, we liked everything. Uh I watched Sister Sister and, uh, oh, my gosh, Moesha, all these different things. So I guess I just didn't have those experiences. But I remember distinctly that my aunt, Gloria, always played horror movies to the point where, like, it's like, does she watch any? It's like horror movies at night and in the day there was going to be a lot of Highlander. I'm talking the show. She had Highlander catalogs and everything but um we were talking about uh, a movie that i really love which is willow and uh she's like oh if you like willow you'll love this and i watched the first scene the opening sequence and i'm like what about me talking about you know willow made you think that i wanted to watch this she's like because it's the same guy (laughs) <laughs> Which is Warwick Davis, uh, and yeah, it just got crazy really quick. And of course, most people point out that Jennifer Anderson is in the first one. Uh, I'll watch it. I'll watch them if they're on, but I do not think they are good. They're not good. They're just really bad. But the first one is great, and. Though I can watch a good movie that's just bad for the sake of being bad, some of them have tested—oh, I've tested my limits at times. <laughs> Just—good lord. But no, I, I guess I don't think about St. Patrick's Day in that—I remember as a kid, obviously, it was always like, oh my god, I'm at school. And my mom didn't remind me that it was St. Patrick's Day. I'm gonna get pinched so fucking much. And now I've got tattoos, so I've always got green on. Um, But uh, I don't really celebrate it. So, uh, no. But if you have have a favorite one, please at me on Twitter. Because, Benjamin, we need to talk about Leprechaun. If you want to talk about it, we'll fucking talk about it. (laughs) All right. And this question is from Jean. Jean, if you're listening, you know why I'm grinning. <laughs> we have these things called chicken breasts. And yet, chickens don't have nipples. Now why? Jean. You wonderful weirdo. I love this question so much. It brought me back to that anime show days where there was, like, a challenge for some people in the questioning, and I highly encourage random questions like this from here on out. Uh, <laughs> um, to answer your question, yes. Uh, I think it is often, it's a weird thing, and that's, like, a big thing that I've noticed since Stephen started hunting over these past couple of years. People really like to divorce, uh, n- like, animal from meat. You know, we don't call it cow, we call it beef. We don't call it pig, we call it pork. Uh, we, yeah, I, so I think in that respect, if we called it, oh gosh, I used to have chickens. And whenever it got to the point where they, and we only had them for the eggs. And they were actually a lot of fun. Um, I didn't realize that neighborhood varmints uh, would have a problem with my chickens. But uh in the city you're allowed to have ch- uh, my city at least you're allowed to have chickens you're not allowed to have a rooster and it's cuz roosters are dicks they're just assholes when i lived on my grandmother's land in west texas uh yeah they'll they'll peck at you they'll attack you just blech, they're jerks but um i think it would be weird if you know i didn't bring up the fact that I had, uh, I heard my chickens going crazy one morning and I came out and there was just one that had been decapitated overnight Uh, and the other chickens just had had to spend the night staring at their friend like, oh my God, oh my God. But by the time Stephen got out there, they were pecking at the body. I'm like, it's not a living chicken. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, And what we think happened was either a fox or a raccoon just came in and went, and took the head. And uh, that was fun. But anyways, uh, there's just a point. They'll lay for a few years. And uh, you don't have to refrigerate uh, chicken eggs uh, unless they've been cleaned. So we've had, e- we used to have eggs that would stay out anywhere from weeks to months at a time. Um, because they have a protective membrane. So they're fine. They're butterier. They're nice. So if you can't have chickens, get them. And also get some bees, because bees are awesome. And if you're allergic, just stay away from my bees and stop telling me that you're allergic to them. You knew I had bees. Fuck off. (laughs) Uh, Which I I, I miss my bees. Aerial spraying killed them. But anyways, uh, yeah, so I don't think we like to be reminded that chickens were chickens. Uh, and I think when a chicken is processed, uh, roosters do get processed, uh, just not as often as hens do. I think the ratio is something like, oh, like 14 to 1. Um, I think breast is just a more appetizing term. Mm-hmm. I feel weird saying putting it that way. Then... Chest. Can you imagine? Like, hey, do you have any chicken chest? Do you have any chest back there? Opposed to breast. Um, And no, uh, chickens don't have nipples. Uh, Men have nipples, though, uh, which is only the case because um, embryos. Yes, uh, embryos are all female until about the eight week mark when gender is determined. So, by that point, nipples have already come into the picture. So, to answer your question, Jean, yes. Did that help you at all? Right? You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I, uh, it's just been, I, um, thank you so much for your questions. Uh, I hope this has helped in some ways and in other ways, not at all. Um, The trope that I decided that I took from this movie, all episodes are named after tropes tied to the movies that I'm watching. And right now, I'm telling you right now as I'm watching this, the second this episode is over, I'm watching it again because I forgot how much I love this fucking movie. Um, And I always get to hear it a little bit in my ear and uh, it's amazing how distracting it can be sometimes and then sometimes it's like, oh, that's right. I know this movie like the back of my fucking hand, so it's fine. But um, yeah, aside from... Oh my gosh. Aside from Wave Listen to Me, there have been a a bunch of other really cool things. For Steven, uh, it's really neat to see him grow in confidence and, sk- and in skill as a director. Uh, before Wave Listen to Me, he and I got to collaborate on the... Uh, localization of Sakura Wars the Animation, which is based off a video game uh, by Sega. So, oh my gosh, I, nobody asked me to do this, but whenever I'm tasked with writing something, I will research it as much as I can until my eyes bleed, and probably a little bit after that. I'm being like, as long as I can still see. Uh, but I was a little familiar with the Soccer Awards franchise. Uh, it's been, it's, it's a leg. I, I refer to it as a legacy franchise because it's just been around so long and people that love it are diehard for it. And so those are the first people that I thought of whenever, um, I, I was given the option to write three things and I didn't even look at Trailer for Sakura Wars before I said yes to Sakura Wars, and they're like, We're gonna give you uh, we're gonna give you first dibs. Uh, what do you want? I'm like, I want this one, (laughs) like, oh, it's based on a video game. I'm like, I don't care. Um, so what I did was I bought the video game. Which, if you know me at all, for someone who's been in video games, I've recorded a few recently, done all this stuff, you would think. I've would. I, I played a fucking lead character where she, like, lost her life to MMOs. Uh, that's a weird way to put that. Watch Recovery of an MMO Junkie. It's much better than the way I'm explaining it. Um, but <laughs> I played it, and it's, like, part dating sim, part battle, like, mecha battles, and then just part life it, it it's great and it, it was fun there would be points where steven would get up and be like are you coming to bed and like i've got like the the gamer thumbs like <sighs> <sighs> um but i got through it um and i'm very much a fan but the anime was an interesting beast because it takes place after the video game and it references the video game so that was <sighs> terrifying um because you know like steven's localized uh he he's the one that directed uh, the my hero the, the my heroes ones oh, oh god what the what is the name of it it's like my he- my hero ones justice 2 uh he got to work with the cast from the anime but there were differences and there were even little fights that happened in the booth where actors would be like, uh, this didn't happen in the series. And like, I'm not talking about the series. And this it wasn't a Funimation title. I think a lot of people think stuff like that is. They're like, Oh, I can't believe Funimation did this. And like, Funimation had nothing to do with it. But we were able I mean or Steven was able to work with people that uh, you know, he got uh this the script writer for the anime series to look at the scripts and kind of help out a little bit. Um, and worked with Colleen Clinkenbeard, who directs My Hero, and she's also in it. Uh, and worked with the mix engineer on figuring out all those effects. And that's all Tron 5000. Uh, but, you know, people are like, like after the, the, the dub was released from Sakura Wars, they're like, okay, when are you guys going to dub the game? Like, well, that's not up to funny um or Okrotron. but um you know like and, and we've done that uh, like i've done the script adaptations for three dragon ball games i'd love to do it for soccer wars but uh, unfortunately that that is not a terry decision to make if it was i i would do it in a second because playing the game i respect sayu so much there are shows i'm fucking in where i prefer the sub which is really jarring sometimes when i'm talking about like oh i'm in love with this character and my friend will be like oh well that's awkward because i'm the voice of that character and i almost want to be like bitch i'm not talking about you (laughs) i'm talking about this motherfucker right here no one talked about you leave um (laughs) love you but Sakura Wars was an interesting beast because uh, Stephen didn't hold auditions, but I wrote for people in mind. And the biggest, like, wow was uh, the main bad guy, who is Valerie Kaminsky and uh, even uh, Beth Featherstone, who's the time coder for it. And her and I got to kind of like be friend, like become friends a little bit um through the writing process, where we're just like the translation says this, this is weird, and there there were some inconsistencies and blah, blah 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 blah, but we fixed them. And she's like, I was kind of thinking of blah, blah, blah for this. and I'm like, ah, uh, that's pretty standard for blah, blah blah. But um, I totally get that, maybe. You know, I don't know where Steven's head is at. So Stephen asked me, as he's casting it, like, who were you thinking of? And I'm like, you're going to think I'm crazy because it's not something he's ever done before. But I'm thinking Dismuke. I'm thinking Aaron Dismuke. And it was very much like a... Yeah. Because the thing is, um, I've known Aaron for uh pretty much since I started at Funimation as an intern I met him I think when he was he came in for an audition for a Big Windup and it's an interesting thing cuz we we became friends very quickly after that but I know that so many other people that have worked with Aaron n- have known Aaron since he was a child when he was doing Full Metal Alchemist and I think sometimes we forget that people grow up <laughs> uh, because there was a point where Aaron said something very eloquent on Twitter and someone went wow that's such uh that's such a um a respectable thing to say for someone your age and I'm like he's 28 <laughs> like i know you guys remember him from this but he all grown now he be grown and <laughs> so He tends to, uh, he's voiced so many different things, but when you think of Aaron, I think it is very easy to cast him as an animated version of himself, which I can't fucking talk. Again, Minari Koda, Moriko Morioka, Kirara Hazama, um, you know, those are, those are me. Uh, But uh, Stephen saw where I was coming from, had Aaron give two takes uh, he actually asked Aaron to audition and the auditions clinched it and I get to play off of Aaron and there were just moments where his character made me so uncomfortable because he was supposed to uh, and I was just I, I've, I was just floored because I knew he was going to rock it but Oh my gosh. And um, I guess I just, I thought about when uh, I got to do one of his animation demo reels uh, and he was kind of telling me about uh, some of the characters that he had fun auditioning for but just didn't get cast in. And so I kept that in mind and I've noticed um, he's, he's doing some stuff now where he's like, it's very much because he's a lot more comfortable now and I just can't, I don't know, I know I'm talking about Aaron a lot, and it's weird, and if you remember that anime show, I've said some stupid shit about him over the years, Um, but he's my friend, and goddammit, I just love seeing him grow as a performer, because when I first cast him in Corpse Princess, which is Shikobana Hime, he had moments where he was really uncomfortable because his voice was cracking because he was the age of that character so some 10 plus years later to see him playing like the biggest baddest douchiest guy that is irredeemable and like um selling those 5 10 15 dollar words like they're fucking nothing. God damn it, that's amazing to see. I love seeing my friends grow as performers and that's a really big deal for me. So, um for me personally, Aaron's growth is great for me. Uh, but it's a it's a big deal uh, you know I, um in Wave, listen to me, what Monica did with her uh, Chishido voice. I'm like, dude. She's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. I'm like, it's, oh my god, I love it so much. Because it's just not something you get to hear from Monica very often. Um, And then people, of course, even when you play in your wheelhouse, it's also settling too. It's just to be like, I know that you can do this. But what you did with the character, not necessarily the voice. and, And I... There isn't a lot of positive things that you can really latch on to. So seeing your friends, being able to play and grow, it's the little things. Uh, and I just, I can't wait for you guys to see more. And if you haven't seen Soccer Wars, the animation, uh, watch the dub and be like, holy fuck, that's Aaron. And give him some love on Twitter, um, just in the atmosphere, in the ether, all that he needs to know that he's amazing. Um, but don't let him know that he's also just funny. Don't let him know he's funny. He's just amazing. Uh, and then what else? Oh, Steven also is currently directing, uh, co-directing, um, the third season of Log Horizon, which has been interesting. Uh, I say co-directing because Afshar is also directing as well. Uh, and he, uh, It's a great studio in Houston, and they've been able to cast, uh, bring back most of the original cast. But on top of that, there's also just... um, There have been roles that actors are like, hey, I can't do it. But when you recast me, uh, can you do this? They've requested... How to recast their character or who to recast them with. And you know, that's pretty cool. Uh some people will get it, some people won't. Yeah, uh, but just seeing the labor of love that is having to work with so many moving parts, it, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Uh and it's been a great escape. Like uh, Wave for me was—I was really worried it was going to be too intense, and I scheduled out like my sessions. Uh, Wave, listen to me um, uh, accordingly because that was a hundred and four recording hours for twelve episodes. That's a lot. Uh, the first, teen, the first episode alone was 18 hours of me talking, which is, it's basically just me talking the entire episode. Uh, I never lost my voice, but there were moments, especially, Woo Terry's so fucking <gasps> professional. She had her phone on. Oh, <gasps> anyways. Hey, Steven. On that note, if you wanted to, you could walk away, but uh the groceries are here. <laughs> They're here early. But um yeah, I just uh I was uh, I never lost my voice, but there were moments toward the end where I was recording and on breaks helping Stephen plan Judy's funeral. Like so it ended on a a terrifying note in a lot of ways because the day after i finished recording we i went from having not really left the house at all to doing a road trip and a funeral uh and that was terrifying there were a lot of places where no one was wearing a mask and um i i had it in my head I actually said at one point about wave, I actually said, well, thank God I finished wave before I went because I was so terrified of getting COVID, Uh, double masked that shit and washed my hands constantly and tried to keep my distance, which is not an easy thing to do at a fucking funeral to see like pews, uh, you know, spaced out saying, you know, like, Please uh only sit in every other pew like it's crazy uh but wave was a good escape in a lot of ways when we were at the beginning of that, and uh, yeah, I was going to be one of the last people recording, but uh other commitments got in the way, and I think the last person that recorded on that was Tia ballet uh which. As an actor, oh my God, I always want to be the last person to record because you get to work off of everybody. But for me, I recorded in a vacuum most of the time and <laughs> didn't get to play off of really anyone. But uh, I had, I was very fortunate because as much as Steven and I have worked together over the years, I mean, hell, we're working together right now. Um, we've never worked so much in the capacity of anime usually when he and i work together it's as a writer and director um and that's why sakura horse was so special is uh whenever he was like what the fuck did she mean here like in the booth he'd call me and be like hey Aaron and i don't know what the fuck you mean here <laughs> um like oh i mean this and I'm like, oh mm, can we rewrite it and like you can rewrite whatever you want <laughs> uh I used to be one of these writers that was so married to my work that it's like, if you change a line, I swear to God. But I mean, rewrites happen. I mean, wave for me. Uh, I just talked a lot faster than I think any of the writers predicted. (laughs) Like a lot faster. Like maybe I'm owed a little bit of extra money, but that's fine. I got to play a kick-ass character that talked about the speed that I normally do. So that's pretty cool. (sighs) <sighs> but uh, Jean uh, was the one to ask the last question, uh, just for a clarification. Let me make sure. Bah, 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 bah. Now, I really appreciate you guys asking questions. I will always ask for questions, especially because uh, Obscure Chatter will continue to be doing solo episodes uh, for the foreseeable future. I just, I enjoy having guests, but... I miss the actual commentary setup where me and you know the guest are in the same room and not worrying that the other one is sick. Uh I mean don't get me wrong before covid that was a concern too because I uh just don't trust a lot of people easily. And oh how they laughed. But <laughs> but because I constantly had sanitizer and often wore gloves. Oh Ha ha! Joke's on you. I have a lot of cleaning supplies already. But uh, no, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I But I, I really appreciate that you guys uh, are getting involved, and I hope that you continue to get involved in Obscure Chatter. Um, if you're curious, I, I know that I had mentioned Angela Stidham either in my Christmas episode or the episode uh, before that, but she's doing really well. It All things considered, um, she, I believe, is done with this round of chemo. And fingers crossed, positive energy in the fucking ether. Uh, the winter storm did not make it easy. Uh, she wasn't really supposed to leave because of the pandemic, leave her home. And she had to because she lost power. And I think her condo flooded. But she's fine. She's fine right now. Uh... And um, for those of you who helped out and donated, it's... mm, You guys are amazing. Uh, That being said, if you can help in some way to organizations, uh, Feeding Texas or Feed Texas, check into that. Uh, The North Texas Food Bank is one that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, And... If you can get vaccinated, please do it in the right way. Don't be a dick about it. I I, I just, I hope for the best, but I expect the worst because goddammit, it's just been interesting lately. Isn't that the word for it? Interesting. That's what we'll go with. But on that note, I, again, I really appreciate your questions. Watch Wave, listen to me. It's on Funimation's website right now. Let's see, other shows. Uh, Log Horizon, if you're into that show. The first season is on Funimation. The second season is on Hulu. I'm talking about the dub. And the third season is on Funimation. Uh, watch Sakura Wars, the animation, and play the video game. I want to know who you ship. I ship Sakura and Kamiyama and I will not apologize for it. Other shows. Mm, There are so many. There are so many, but all the positive energy, all that, I just appreciate it so much. Oh, my book, One of Few, The 11th Hours, book one, is currently on sale for the next couple of days. Check it out. It's 99 cents right now, and if you are a Kindle Unlimited reader, it's free to you. I'm trying to think. I'm like, what else can I shell out? And be sure uh and don't forget uh spay and neuter your pets. I <laughs> I need that Bob Barker skinny ass microphone. I love you guys. I hope this wasn't too much of a downer. Too much of an upper. I hope it was just right. And uh there will be an episode for April, which is my birthday month. Um, you might want to follow me along. Last year was a Keanu-themed one, and I think I'm going with Brendan Fraser this year. So, until April, stay, oh my god, I was about to say stay loose, which I don't even know what the fuck I, I gotta get out of here. I haven't had any water, and my AC is out, so, (laughs) the booth madness has set in. Thanks, guys. Until next time, Lær